Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Good morning. I'm Rose Cushing, and we're here today on today's Horsewoman podcast with Sarah Chastain. And Sarah is from Alabama, and she is. I met Sarah through a colt starting that we did, which she actually won. She was just at our expo last weekend and, as always, did a fantastic job working with a young horse. But today's topic is something a little different. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about today's topic. Today's topic is about the uh, tip training program. My husband and I are both tip trainers, and the tip training program is a wonderful program that helps Mustangs find homes. Um, what we do is we get wild mustangs and we gentle them and then we get them adopted out. Not everybody has the facility and the knowledge to tame wild mustangs. Uh, the facility is a very important part. Not everybody has that and it's a very good way to get the mustangs adopted out. Absolutely. You know, there's what about 40,000 that are in holding pens now? Because the, the 60,000. 60, gosh, it's grown a lot since the last time. And that's so sad because, you know, our lands should be for the Mustangs to be on them. I understand there's water issues and there's grazing issues and there's political issues. But at the end of the day, those horses need to be taken care of and you're doing a great thing. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So tell us about what and all kind of training they get from you as a tip trainer. Well, every tip trainer kind of has their own uh, program that they do, but the bare minimum that they have to know before leaving our place is leading, loading, and picking up all four feet. Most of my Mustangs, you know, we desensitize them. We teach them to cross obstacles. We, you know, just do whatever we can to expose them to new things, but at the bare minimum, from the Mustang Heritage Foundation rules, they have to lead, load, and pick up all four feet. And when somebody wants to look at adopting a Mustang, how do they start? How do they go about it? Tell us about that process. When you adopt a Mustang, you actually have to be approved by the Bureau of Land Management. You'll send an application to uh, whatever rep representative is in your area or whatever one is in the horse's area that you're interested in. And... You send an application, you wait a few days, uh, sometimes it takes just a day or two, sometimes it takes more, and they'll send you an email back letting you know that if you've been approved or not, and how many you've been approved for. But once you get approved, uh, you can find either find a horse that you want or whichever one you're interested in, and then you'll pay for it and take it home. And what is the, the rate now for adopting one? A tip trained horse, which is one that is trained to lead load and pick up all four feet, is a hundred and twenty five dollars. Okay. And when they when they do that, then they can take them home and, or should they continue training with their tip trainer to get them rideable, depending on their experience, I guess. That depends on the owner. We do uh, we do offer that to keep the horses here longer, put more training into them. I have several people who will come and get them as quick as they're done with their training, and they take them on and either send them to other trainers or they'll train them themselves. And I've had a lot of good results out of that. I've you know, but 
they we also do offer for people to keep them here longer and get them started under saddle, teach them just anything really. You know, I've noticed over the years as I've, I've interviewed trainers and filmed a billion things on them, Mustangs are very, very smart. I mean, they have to be to survive in the wild. So tell folks what it's like when you start with a wild Mustang for the first time. They are all so different. Um, my husband and I have actually trained 22 this year. That's and amazing. And that was our goal for this year. Thank you. That that was our goal for this year with 22 Mustangs in 2022. And we met it a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. But, Thank you. They're they're so different. I have some that walk off the trailer, and they're they're so curious, and they're like, oh well, you know, you start scratching on them, and they realize that we're friends, and and then I have some of them that they run off the trailer, and they're trying to jump my six foot panels, and they're you know they're they're just all so different. So right. they all take a different approach normally, and it really really just depends on the Mustang. You know, I, I did a, I'm working on a documentary that I filmed a while back, and they used six-year-old horses in the Mustang Challenge. And I thought, man, this is going to be tough, you know. But in all honesty, the horses were mature, and they were smart. And, you know, you teach them, and once they got it, they got it. You don't have to go over it over and over and over. And I was really surprised how an older one was not any harder or worse. In fact, I think it was better than a young one yes ma'am and i and i found that to be true as well is is the age doesn't really matter um we try not to really get anything over eight uh just personal preference but the worst one i've ever trained was actually a two-year-old yeah and i'm starting a six-year-old under saddle now he's i guess he'll be seven in january and i started him last month and he, he's been wonderful. I mean, he's just, from the time I gentled him to start him under saddle, he's been great. He never gave me any issues. Because I always think about, you know, folks that are start just starting in horses or maybe you're wanting one for your child. You know, a young horse is a, a dreamy little thing. But in reality, you do a little better with something that's been around the block a few times. So if you're looking at Mustangs, don't be afraid of something that's five or six or eight, maybe even ten years old. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It just means that they hadn't had an opportunity yet. Yes, ma'am. And one, one other thing that I've been really impressed with Mustangs with is their ability to do any discipline in riding. I'm, I'm just always surprised at that because I have a friend who has taken a, a Mustang three-strike horse to a Grand Prix dressage. And I've got another friend that trained one and, and it's done, you know, the big hunter-jumper shows, as well as obviously cow work and trail work and, and the things you would normally expect. What's been your experience with that? They are so versatile. Um, I actually, one of my best clients runs, her little girl runs a Mustang on barrels. Yeah. And they do awesome. And we've seen them compete in high-level jumping and dressage. And I've seen a couple compete a few months ago in ranch riding and they they are so versatile uh we we plan on working a lot of cattle and stuff with them and they they they've been great wonderful trail horses if you want a trail horse i've never had one that just hasn't hasn't been 
able to go do a job and then come back and be like one of the best trail horses you've ever set on. Yeah. I guess because they were raised in that environment, but they, you know, it's, they're, they're wonderful. I've also found, you know, in the things that I've interviewed, that they're very hardy and they, they're not real sickly like real hybrid breeds sometimes are. And they have great feet and they're, they're not high maintenance animals. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we've, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx anything, but we've never had any issues with colic or with, with just anything that the other horses would just you know, not be real good with. We've never had any health issues like that. Yeah. Um, if they've been in holding for a long time and their feet have kind of gotten on more of a regular trimming schedule and sometimes I will say that their feet are not like a typical Mustang, but if you get them kind of more fresh out of the wild, uh, the six-year-old, six-year-old I'm talking about now, I'm not even considering putting shoes on him. And I've been riding, riding him pretty good. And you can ride him over just a pure gravel driveway and he won't even act like he's even walking on anything hard. Right. Hey y'all, this is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room? when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail. Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition. From your performance horse to your weekend trail horse, our line of maximum nutrition equine feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at MuleCity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. Do you have a particular um, herd that you like better than others or a particular area of the country that you like the, the Mustangs from? would be just like the overall Oregon would probably be the best. It's probably the most sought after anyway. Um, they're normally bigger. They're easier to gentle depending on the horse again. Uh, I've, I've even had some from there that are not the easiest to gentle. But just anything from Oregon, I normally am like, ooh, an Oregon horse. <laughs> right. I normally really try to get those. And it's very interesting, you know, all the different breeds that Mustangs have intermingled with. So there is quite a variety. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, I actually have a really good variety at the house right now. Um, I've got some 14-2 Geldens that look like little cutting horses. And they look like their mama and daddy were off a nice ranch that just raised cow horses. And then my husband actually has a big Bayron Mustang that looks like he is some pure draft horse. He right. wear, he's going to wear a size two shoe. His, <laughs> his feet are huge. His head is massive. He is massive. And, you know, they, they come in all shapes and sizes. And colors, too, right? And, and colors. There's one of every color, I'm pretty sure. There's even some curly ones out there. I know. We got to see a curly horse at your, uh, at your expo. I seen him back in February, and I seen him again 
yeah. a few weeks ago at your last expo, and I actually got the chance to see a curly Mustang at the at the spring of this year. That's so, really cool so, isn't it? that their hair is so yes, curly ma'am. and soft. It's weird. so is there an area of the country for the herds that you kind of shy away from yeah (laughs) utah i i try to shy away from utah horses uh i actually have one of my best and easiest general mustangs actually comes from utah i don't remember exactly where it's a it's mount eleanor i think is what it was Mount Eleanor, Utah, and he was one of my favorites. I actually, his owner left him here for me to start on the saddle. He was so easy to start on the saddle. Wonderful trail horse. He was great. But I do try to steer clear of Utah horses because I've had more bad experiences than good, and they they just kind of, I don't click with them as well. They're just not my kind of horses. Right. Well, that makes but, sense. Uh, you know, they're mingled with I, lots I've of different... I've got a lot of good Utahs, though, so... Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about the breed, the brand on their neck. Okay. Um, the brand is little symbols, and they all mean numbers. The first one is the, a government symbol, is what I call it. I'm, that might not be the proper name, so forgive me. But the second two is the year that they were born. There's two numbers, one over the other one, and uh-huh. that is the year they were born. Like if it's a one and a nine, they were born in 2019. Okay. And the other symbols behind that are where they were gathered at and where they were, I'm trying to think of the name, of process, where they were kind of processed, not gathered at, but where they were processed at. Right. It won't actually have where they were gathered at on their neck. Right. But where they were branded at and all the information and stuff was taken. And, and the last four digits are their, what we call tag numbers. Right. And that's the easiest way to identify them in the crowd. Uh, they'll actually have a tag hanging off their neck whenever we get them, and that's that's kind of how we identify the each of the horses and figure out who's from what and everything. Now, when you get a Mustang from the Bureau of Land Management, you kind of get a title, which is like registration papers that has all those numbers and and all that information on it, right? Mm, yes and no. You have to keep the horse for a year to receive its title. Okay. Whenever you adopt the horse, you kind of go under a contract with the BLM that you're going to keep. You don't necessarily have to keep the horse for a year, but you can either keep the horse for a year or you can reassign it to somebody else who's also approved by the Bureau of Land Management. Okay. After the horse has been kept for somebody for a year, you will receive a title or you will actually receive an application and you apply for the title. Uh-huh. And once you apply for the title, they'll send the title back and then that horse belongs to you fully. Okay. Now, can you go online and, and look at them and what's available? Not really. They have auctions that they do. I think they've got an online auction coming up and you can go online and look at those horses and you can bid on those horses. You still, of course, have to be approved by the BLM, but you can't really go to just any corral and see what horses they have available. Miss Rebecca Bowman runs a really, really good facility in Pikeville, Tennessee, and she 
actually is kind enough to list every single horse that comes in online where you can view it, but she's one of the only storefronts that I know that do that or corrals in general. And you can view hers if you go to Falls Creek Falls Equestrian in Pikeville, Tennessee. You can view her, all of her horses she has available online. All of those horses are wild, though. Right. They haven't been tip trained. No, ma'am. They are all wild. And Rebecca's amazing. You know, in fact, if you want to learn more about Rebecca, we did a podcast with her on today's Horsewoman um, archives. You oh, can find okay. it. And she's a pretty amazing woman. She's. Um, we also filmed some documentary sh footage with her. So okay, I'll have to go look at that. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, she's a pretty amazing woman. Um, you know, she she runs about a hundred head of mustangs most any given time there, and so she's you know she's got a lot to choose from, and she she as well as Sarah is good at helping you figure out what would work for you. Yes, ma'am. She she is, and she most definitely does. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a horsewoman for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yes, ma'am. So. Tell us a little bit um, about when you when you go to a Mustang makeover. Tell us a little bit about that because you just did completed a challenge recently, didn't you? I completed a tip challenge. There's a lot of people don't know this, but there's actually two different types of Mustang challenges, and there is a extreme Mustang makeover and there is a tip challenge. I have actually never competed in the Extreme Mustang Makeover, but I do have plans to do that this year, hopefully. I have competed in a, in, in a few tip challenges. A tip challenge is where you have, I think it's approximately 90 or 100 days to take the wild Mustang, get it, and you will go in that 100 days and show the horse at the end of that 100 days. An Extreme Mustang Makeover, I think they give you 120 days. Right. But you get the Mustang, you generally, and at the end of that 120 days, you do a riding challenge with the Mustang. You do a few different classes, but it's all, I think almost all of them are riding except for maybe one. I think you do one in-hand class. Right. But the tip challenges are all in-hand only. Okay. That would make sense because you're not required to break them to ride. Yes, ma'am. Um, the tip challenges are good for people who don't like getting the horse started in 100 days especially a wild mustang yeah uh, i absolutely love the tip challenge rebecca miss rebecca hosts most a lot of tip challenges this year yeah. i don't think she's announced any so i'm not going to say which one she is possibly doing this year but i know that she did say that she would want to do a couple for 2023 and if anybody ever wants to get on a wild mustang and they like to show and do little challenges like that those are absolutely the funnest challenges you can ever do <laughs> And you know, one thing I admire about them also, do, do they do the, the children's version of that at the tip challenge like they do the makeover? Yes, they have a youth and an adult. Tell us about so that. So the youth are required, oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Just tell us all about that. Okay, so they have a youth and an adult division in the tip challenges and the EMM, and the youth are required to get a yearly I believe so they can get anything under two years old uh-huh um, but they're not allowed to get anything over two years old and they take a yearly and they train it and they compete with it at the end of that 100 days the adults you can get any age horse you can actually get a yearling two-year-old ten-year-old you know just whatever they have available with the tip challenges that Miss Rebecca has always done a lot of them are different 
and I don't know if she'll do the one this year the same, but the ones that I've done with her is she will have a list of courses available, and however you signed up to do the tip challenge, whatever order you signed up in, you get to pick your horse. Oh, that's so if cool. I, last time I actually got first pick, I sent in my application just as soon as she opened up the spot, and I got first pick. And that is how you get your horse versus the EMMs. They're a random draw. Yep. When you don't know what you're getting until you get there and they hand you a piece of paper. <laughs> I can remember I interviewed Marsha Hartford Sapp about it and, and went to one with her. And she said this was her favorite part because it's like getting a Christmas present and you don't know which yes, one is yours, you know, until you go open it and see. Yes, ma'am. Well, Mustangs are pretty incredible horses, and if anybody out there is listening that are considering a horse, you know, it's it's a really good thing to do. And I really have a lot of respect for the tip trainers and the Mustang trainers because that's their way to give back to the horse, and, you know, the horse is what it's all about. So, Sarah, anything else you want to tell our viewers about Mustangs? Um. Yes, uh, I do recommend if you've never had a Mustang before, if you're not a very good, if you're not a someone who trains a lot or if you don't have a trainer to help you, be careful on going and getting a wild one. Right. I do, I do recommend getting a tip horse as your first Mustang because even though they do lead low to pick up all four feet, some of them still have you know, a lot of stranger danger, and they still act like a Mustang because some of them, you know, I'll have them for a month and they pass all the requirements and they're ready to go to their new home. So I do recommend getting a tip horse for your first Mustang or a yearling if you are not the most experienced or have someone who can help you because sometimes getting a wild Mustang, you might bite off more than you can chew. Absolutely, and you don't want it to be a bad experience. No, ma'am, you do not, because these, these horses are absolutely amazing, and some people try to give them a bad reputation, but really, if you just take a little time with them, they, they are excellent horses. Well, it's like all the principles of horse training. It's based on trust. Patience yes, and trust, you know. Well, I appreciate you being on the show this morning, and I, I'm, I salute you for doing 22 Mustangs this year. That's a big accomplishment. You're an amazing horsewoman. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And my husband, he also gets some credit for that because he is, like I said, he's also a tip trainer. I, and uh, he, right. he's done a lot of those Mustangs as well. Now, we're, we're going to do a cult starting in February, so you guys are coming. Yes, ma'am. My husband and I will both be doing that, and I haven't announced that yet, so I'm very excited to announce that. <laughs> I'm excited, too. I, I'm I, your husband is such a sweet, wonderful man, and he kind of lets he kind of off to the side, lets you shine. But he's a really good trainer too. I've been watching, so I'm so excited he's coming to the Colt starting as well. Yes, ma'am. A lot of people don't realize how well he actually can handle a horse and how well he can start a Colt because uh, he is kind of quiet and off to himself. And you know, I'm I'm the talker. Right. And everyone that comes to the house normally asks me the questions and everything so he, he does kind of get put off sometimes but I'm really excited for people to see what he can do with a horse in February. I, I well understand my husband is 
does all of my technical stuff and he's quiet and shy and he kind of stands in the background you know but without him i would not be here <laughs> so yes ma'am that's, that's me i would not be able to do half the things i do if it was not for him and and while i got you on the, the line real quick tell me a little bit about your dog training business because i haven't ever asked you about that okay I actually do not train dogs for the public. Um, I just train dogs as a hobby. Okay. I love dog training. I run, we have a bunch of border collies that we work cattle with and that we work sheep and goats. Um, I've done a couple of trials. I hope to do more trials, but really with the horse show that I'm doing right now, I just haven't had the time. Right. My husband actually has an up-and-coming pup that we hope to get some trials with in the next few years and trials are uh, either there's sheep, goats, ducks, cattle, there's there's about a trial of any type of animal and you have a certain time limit to run a certain course and you get either judged or you get so many points for going through the obstacles with your animals. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain because there actually is a few different types of trials. But that is what I mainly focus on in my dog training is stock dogs. Stock dogs are so amazing. The first time I went to interview Jerry King, and he raises and trains them and sells them, I, um, I went out to his round pen, and, and he was working cattle. And there were two or three people on horseback in the pen, and he said, Gus, take these cows across there and put them in the back pasture. And I thought he was talking to one of the cowboys. Nope. He was talking to his dog, and he opened the gate, and this dog herded all those cattle up, took them probably across three or four acres, and there was somebody waiting back there to open the gate when they got there and put them all in that pasture by himself. It was crazy good. So they are such useful animals on a farm. Yes, ma'am. One dog can do the job of three cowboys, and if you think that is any type of joke, go watch a man with a good stock dog and you'll realize how much time and money one dog can actually save you. And it's so much better on the cattle. If you get your cattle dog broke and gentle, and a dog will do that pretty quickly, and you get them easy to handle, it's easier on you, it's less yeah. risky on you, it's so much easier on the cattle, getting them from one place to another. I know. There are so many benefits to owning a stock dog. That's for certain. I, I, I went to see a friend who was a, a trainer and giving lessons, and he would say to his dog, you know, go get Rainbow. And that dog would go out in the field and find the horse named Rainbow and herd it right back to the house so they could saddle it. I mean, what a wonderful <laughs> asset, you know. And, and yes, he, he knew the horse by name. <laughs> you know, it's crazy good. All right, well, I'm going to let you get back to work. I know you're having a busy day, and I really appreciate you taking time to talk. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And you guys out there listening, thank you for, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening. <music>